Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. I'll be your host, Greg Sowers, and today we'll be joined again by Jimmy Warwick. Uh, Jimmy, we had Jimmy on a few weeks ago where he talked about Warwick Hockey Advantage. Um, and rather than this episode be an interview, uh, me and Jimmy have decided to tag team a couple of topics. Um, but uh, Jimmy, how's it going? Living it up. I'm just uh, I'm happy to be back. Glad I got the invite to, to come back here. Yeah, you passed the uh, the first interview test, and your episode did pretty well. So, uh, hoping you can share some more insight on the the things we'll be talking about today. I love it. Let's get into it. All right. So for today's episode, um, it's going to be a two parter um, because a lot of our teams here locally just finished up with tryouts. Um, we did have a an episode um, a few weeks ago talking about tryouts and what you can do to ramp up and be noticed and communicate with that coach. Um, but for this episode we'll talk about tryouts now that you've either made the team or didn't make the team and um, we'll kind of spin that off into one specific uh, topic of hockey IQ and um, just a, that's a thing an aspect of, the, of hockey that you know a lot of coaches look for at tryouts so uh, to kick things off here um, so like I said tryouts just happened here in Nashville for all the youth organizations and um you know, for those kids who did make it, uh, congratulations. And that'll be the, the first topic we dive into. So, uh, Jimmy, I guess first question to you. I mean, what, uh, what, what advice do you have for a kid who just tried out for his double A AA or triple A team and, um, or even a team and, and made that team? I think you soak it up, right? Like, I mean, obviously I'm sure in, in, you know, you're putting in a lot of work, you're putting in a lot of effort, there's a lot of stress going into it. And, you know, once you make that team, you obviously get that sigh of relief and you get to, you know, enjoy it and kind of soak it in, I would say, for, you know, a day or two. And then, you know, right after you're done celebrating, it's got to be right back to work. Obviously, you made the team and that's only totally part one. So, you know, now you got to establish, am I going to be am I going to be a, a big time player on this team? Do I want you know, what do I want to get out of it from this team rather than just, you know, you never want to be satisfied, especially in the game of hockey. You never be satisfied. You always want to improve your game. You always want to get more ice time. You always want to produce more points. So, you know, it's immediately, you know, after, you know, those couple of days of, you know, enjoying and taking that, taking that stress out, you get to, you have to go right back to work. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing too, is like, you know, you, you put so much stress on yourself, whether you're, you know, a squirt and you're 10 years old or you're a, a, a midget and you're U18, it's like you try, you're planning, you're mentally stressed to get on this team. And now the opportunity finally comes and you did your job and you got the call. But I mean, that's really just the beginning. Um, and I'm sure you've had it too, where I, I have a kid at tryouts and he looks, you know, great. He makes a team. And then, you know, October comes around or September, whenever your season starts and it's almost like did this kid even touch the ice since tryouts and you do not want to be, want to be that kid. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's different here in, in, uh, in Illinois, we do our tryouts. The AAA teams do their tryouts um, around the same time as you guys, but the, the double A teams, we don't try out until September, but even there, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you know what you saw out of someone maybe the year prior, but then they come back and you're like, what, what happened over the summer? You know, did they train? Um, you know, and I think it's, it's hard. I mean, even for, I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand too. Like it's, it's, it's hard on coaches. Like we, it's not, you know, we're not trying to, we, we want the best for each kid. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think taking that with a grain of salt and putting kids in the right spot and making sure that they're going to be able to succeed whatever team they get put on. 
Yeah, and I, I still don't understand why here in Nashville we try out so early. I mean, we have three, four months before the season even starts now, and, like, we already have our teams picked, and, you know, kids move to town over summer, and it's just – it doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then I, I know, obviously, Chicago and well, Illinois in general, there's so many programs out there, but, you know, we have our three or four, and they all schedule them on the same day. Like, it's, it's your – you have to pick one or we have kids driving back between, uh, you know, one rink to another rink to try out for multiple teams. It's at, it's, it is madness, uh, for three or four days in the hockey community, but, um, yeah, just, just don't understand it. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously to all the kids out there who made their team, um, congratulations here in Nashville and it sounds like Illinois, you got a few months to keep training for it, but, um, I guess think we can, uh, you know, the, the easy part is, is, talking to the kids who made it, you know, it's an easy phone call to make. They're happy. Parents are happy. But um, so what happens, I guess, when, when your kid doesn't make the team and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, my case, I had uh, peewees for two years in a row and then I moved up to Bantam. So I had my full peewee team from last year try out for our Bantam AA team. And it's a, that's a tough experience as a coach because you have, you know, kids you've had for the past two years and, you know, as much as you want to take all of them, it's just, there's not enough, roster spots but um you know same question I asked you about making the team I guess what what advice do you have to kids who who unfortunately don't make the the team they were trying out for no I mean I think the the first thing is you know you never want to get too down right I mean obviously it's gonna be a disappointment and but you know I'm a big believer in having a chip on your shoulder and you know not a grudge or not playing you know pouting or anything but you know, you take it and just say, okay, this happened. It, it sucks, but you know, how, how am I going to overcome it? And, you know, me being on the second team or the third team or whatever team you end up making, like, I'm going to be the best player on this team. I'm going to prove to the coaches that they made a mistake. And that's something that I've seen all the time, like, you know, in, in clubs that I've worked in or whatever, like, you know, we make a decision and halfway through the year, you see, you see the development of one kid that maybe didn't make it. And, you know, coaches are excited for that kid. That's awesome. Like, that's what we want. We want you to, to develop and, and grow some confidence. So I think the, the first thing is, like I said, not getting too down. But then second, I would – it's not a – it's not an unfair question to ask to, to reach out to the coach, not in a complaining matter, obviously. I mean, you know, you never want to complain. You never want to – you know, that you'll never get a straightforward answer. But if you honestly go to a coach and just say, hey – what did I do? Like, where do I need to work on? What was missing in my game for me to not be a part of this team? And, you know, they give you an honest feedback. That's what you take into the year. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good point too. It's like, you know, obviously it sucks and you're, you're probably a little pissed for, for not making the team, but you know, as a coach, you should always be available to tell a parent or a kid why. Um, and I've had a couple of those calls this week and they're obviously tough conversations to have, but, um, you know, as, as a parent, you have to know if you're going to have that conversation, you, you might hear something that you don't necessarily agree with or like, but you know, the, the coach has taken time to, you know, express his opinion of, you know, whatever the situation may be. It's just, if you're a parent and you want to know why, like, feel free to reach out and ask. And if the coach has any marbles, he should be willing to, to answer that, uh, answer that call and set that time. Um, but also just know that, you know, it may not be something you want to hear. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, uh, it's, it's tough tryout season or tryout part of the, the year is always tough, but um, obviously just 
as a player, just staying positive, you know, like you said, have that chip on your shoulder. And I had a, a conversation earlier this week with a, with a player and it's just like, you know, use that to your motivation. Um, you know, if you're, if you're at home and you're supposed to be shooting pucks, well, maybe think, well, why, why didn't I make the team? And maybe that's the motivation you need to go shoot pucks for five minutes or whatnot. So a hundred percent. And I, yeah. I mean, I think you nailed it too with, with the coach needing to be able to step up. I mean, you know, I can't speak for every coach in this game. And obviously there's you know, people in every profession that, you know, people don't really like or, or disagree mm-hmm. with or aren't doing it for the right reasons. I think that the majority of, of coaches in, in our game, or at least I like to think so, are doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, every coach is, is going to have to, you know, we go into tryouts knowing we're going to have to answer to to questions, not complaints, but to, to questions of, you know, why am I taking this player? Why didn't I take this one? Why did I look at this one? What was the difference? You know, was it a good fit? But I think, you know, as long as you present it in a question of, you know, being positive and saying where, you know, where did I see myself getting, like, where am I missing the team? All that good stuff. I mean, it's, I think that's the way you go about it. And then that's what you hone in on in the summer. Like we talked about with, with your skills coaches or, or anything in that nature and just really focus on that. Yeah, and I think, too, it's important for your, to remind your player that, you know, if they're a first-year Bantam and they didn't make the, you know, Bantam AA team, well, they still got another shot at Bantam. It's just, like, don't don't give up and be like, oh, okay, I want to quit hockey because I didn't make the AA team my first year. It's, like, hockey's a, a long game. You can play it for your whole life if you want to, and it's it's just because you don't make the the top team this year doesn't mean you won't improve and, and grow and, and, you know, make the team the, the following year, and I think a part of that, and Jimmy, I'm not, I can't remember which uh, which age group you have, but I mean the kids now, especially at the the Bantam level, you know, you got some kids who are six two, and some kids are still like you know five one. Like, one hundred percent. It's it's you, you got to grow into your body too. Well, and I and that's I mean I love that you brought that up. I think it's a great point because you know I I've seen kids not make a triple A team until their their second year of U 18s I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's truly, and that, you know, there was a kid that when I was coaching at CYA, um, never played triple A, just played high school and, and double A. And um, he made it his last year of eligibility playing U18 and, you know, ended up playing division three college. Like nobody would have ever thought that, like, you know, it's just, it, it, there's, there's no one path in hockey. There's no you know, there's no rule of you have to be playing AAA when you're 12 years old. Otherwise, you're never going to have a chance to play college. Um, you know, I think it's it's like you said, finding the right fit, finding the right situation. You know, for someone that's a smaller Bantam, you know, maybe it is good to be on the second team and get to grow and develop into a goal scorer. You know, there's a big – I mean, I know this is way down the line, but I, what I tell all of my, my junior age players – is, you know, it's great to, to play in the North American League or, you know, the NCDC, but for you to be on the fourth line isn't doing you any good. It's not getting you any better. And especially for kids, like, at, at, at such a young age, why do you want to sit on the bench just to say that you're on the top team? Like, you should be wanting to be out there all the time in key situations, on the penalty kill, on the power play, scoring goals. Like, that's how you want to present yourself to teams, that you're a goal scorer, not, you know, you don't want coaches to look and be like, yeah, he's a good third line, fourth line grinder. Right. Right. And I mean, to talk about it in an NHL perspective, it's like, you know, for our national uh, listeners, you know, like 
Tolvinen when he was here in Nashville, you know, he wasn't with the Preds, you know, day one, he goes to the AHL and finds his game, plays a lot, gets a lot of minutes in those big situations. And then when, you know, they have the luxury of calling guys up during the season, but you know, it's a, a confidence builder and maybe in the long run playing on that lower team can be, can be beneficial to you. Whereas like you said, if you're, you're used to being a skilled guy um, and you get put on a, a, a team where maybe it, the, your skill kind of washes out, you're not getting those big minutes and experience. So it's, it, you can use that to your advantage for sure. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, I work with squirts. So the 10 you age and, um, and then also high school too, but I mean, the squirts, that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for. I don't want to take someone on the team that, that may not play a lot. And it's not because they're a bad kid. It has nothing to do with that. It's all because I would rather, if they're a first year, I would rather them get a ton of ice time. And then by the time that they're a second year, they're coming to the team with so much confidence because they just scored a ton of goals. Right. Right. Um, so I think uh, obviously there's, there's things, you know, if, if they have, if they didn't happen to make the, the top team, um, you know, we usually give feedback of, uh, you know, what they can work on. And, you know, a lot of it falls on, you know, skating, stick cannon, like the, the basic, you know, hockey things that a coach can say, like, well, you can work on this in the summer, you know, your shot yeah. speed, all that. Um, but, but one thing uh, that we discussed and um, our, our listeners actually thought it would be a good episode idea is, is talking about those, intangibles of um of the game and, and one of them being hockey iq um you know you can have all the all the skill in the world and you can toe drag and you go bar down but you know if you don't know where to be on the ice or you don't know when to change properly or or maybe pivot one way instead of the other when you're retrieving a puck um you know those are those that's your brain that's not necessarily a a skill that you can quantify um so just want to kind of transition this this from tryouts to something that that people can improve on away from the rink and that's uh hockey iq um so and jimmy to uh put you on the spot what well, if there's one thing you could point to to improve your hockey iq what would you say that is oh i love i love this question i mean i think <laughs> honestly i mean it's it this is something you know during our evals this is something that i tell every single kid whether it's my squirts high school um, like JV, like it doesn't matter. Like you should, everyone should be a student of the game. So, you know, watching a game and when you watch a game, like an NHL game, don't, you don't want to watch it just as a fan. You want to watch it as a student. So the way that you do that and what I tell all of my players is, you know, whoever your favorite player is or whoever is a player, you know, for the older guys, they kind of understand it a little bit more because every younger player is just like, I'm Patrick Kane. But I asked, you know, the older guys, like, who's a player in the NHL that you think that you play like? Or who do you try to resemble your game? And, I mean, Greg knows <laughs> that I tried to be like Brad Marchand because I love running my mouth and just trying yeah. to get under people's skins. I'm all for it. But, you know, I had – you know, I would tell all my players, find whoever you like to resemble your game or one of your favorite players and just watch them every time that they're on the ice, whether they have the puck, whether they don't have the puck, just watch the little things that they do. You know, when the puck's in the D zone, he's playing left wing. Where is he? Is he on the wall? Is he in the middle? Like, you know, what's he doing in the offensive zone? When somebody has the puck, where, how is he seeing this? You know, that's the easiest and best way, in my opinion, to learn the, more about the game. And really, and, and take notes, right? Like not just watching it and saying, oh yeah, I do that sometimes. Like take notes about things that you really, really liked in their game. And then maybe things that you didn't understand or questions or say, you know, 
he had a bad shift here. Why did he turn the puck over? What did he try and do wrong? Right. And I think, you know, uh, Nashville doesn't have the luxury of, I mean, we have the Predators in town, but, you know, we got high school and some college hockey, but, you know, I tell our kids and we went to Notre Dame last year and it was like, did the same thing. Like, Hey, pick a player, you know, just pick one player, not, not, not the left winger in every shift, but, you know, pick one guy when he's out in the ice, watch him, you know, again, learn from him. So that way they're able to enjoy the game um, also. But um, like even watching it on TV, like, I, I don't know about you, but I don't think most of our kids actually watch hockey. It's like they'll, they'll watch the highlights. They'll watch the, you know, Austin Matthews toe drag and then snipe or what, but yeah, no, there's not a lot of watching and, and learning and, and being a, like you said, a student of the game. And I mean, it's better than playing video games and stuff, but you're able to, you know, learn and, and you know, visually pick up on things just by watching. hundred percent. And I mean, that's yeah. honestly, and that's one of the things that I think is dry. It's a hundred percent driving me crazy as a coach. I'm sure there's other people out there that are the same. Like I can't stay. I mean, obviously I love that the game is becoming more skilled, but the problem is at such a young age, there's coaches that are teaching them, you know, we need to be toe drag, like, you know, doing just nonsense at the blue line. Like I can't tell you how many times I've had a kid. Just get the puck over the blue line. And try and toe drag (laughs) or, you know, we're looking off passes because we're trying to shoot short side high, like the stuff like that. It's it, those are such little things, but in the long run, if you just do the little things, right, you're going to see such an improvement in your game and coaches being interested in you. And, and even on a scouting side, like when I was watching, I wasn't watching for, you know, obviously, you know, the goals happen, whatnot, but I mean, what are they doing outside of that? Are they playing hard in the defensive zone? Are they willing to block shots? Are they chipping pucks out when they don't have a player? Are they trying to toe drag around someone to get out of his zone? Like little things like that just go such a long way. Yeah, for sure. And it, like you brought up the toe drag at the blue line thing. It's like, <laughs> Well, yeah, Brad Marchand can do it, but, you know, he also has uh, Charlie McAvoy behind him and can probably make up for his mistakes. So it's a little different, like take it in bits and pieces. But, uh, yeah, there's a time and place for everything. But um, one thing I kind of said, and I didn't mean to segue into it, but do you think, uh, like, you know, playing NHL 22 or 23, do you think playing those video games could help with um, hockey IQ in a sense? (sighs) I'm going to be honest and say no, just because when I play, I'm running around trying to, trying to hit someone. But, but, you know, I, I think, I mean, obviously it's great. Like for them to, I mean, that's where I think a lot of the creativity comes from. And I mean, that was something I was going to ask you, like as a coach, like, I mean, how, like, what's your balance of, you know, running a system and then the, you know, where you let them be creative because I, I know every coach is different, but. Yeah. So I think, um, so the video game part first it's like again bits and pieces right like you're able to probably do stuff in that video game that you can't do on the ice you know flip pucks you know toe drags put it through your legs whatever but like in the basic sense of you know the computer moves guys where they're supposed to be right so yeah you know you're able to make those d to d passes or stretch passes or come in the zone and do the gretzky curl right so again i think everything has a, a, a pros and cons to it but you know i'd rather my kid play nhl rather than you know play uh, call of duty or, or something so i guess that's <laughs> where i that's where i draw the line but to um answer your question about you know being creative i i think as a coach i'm much more structured in the d zone than i am in the offensive zone so you know we like to keep our wingers you know below the top of the circle so we're tight and we're compact 
And, you know, if there's a, a loose puck, you know, we almost can all get to it. And then once we get it, we just, you know, explode and, and stretch the ice out. But um, in the offensive zone, it's like, you know, you guys are on the ice, you're seeing things like we can have a, uh, a structure, uh, you know, kind of guidelines, you know, if you're above the top of the circles, you're not going to pass it to the D because you're just hang, ha- handing off your problems to another player. Like probably take that. that, probably take that puck and do a high cycle. But like, once you guys are in the corner and grinding it out, like support each other, do your thing. But it's not like we, we set up the triangle, you know, on every, every offensive zone. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's something I, I mean, it's, it sounds like we're the same. And I honestly, I tell everyone, it's not, there's not much difference between <laughs> systems and stuff. It's not like anyone's really reinventing the wheel here, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, so that's what I'm saying. Like I tell all my players, you want to be creative. You want to like showcase your skill, you know, from offensive dots down, that's, that's your time to shine. Go for it. Like, let's, let's be creative, not being selfish, still making plays. But I think that's where a lot of that, that stuff comes in too with, with hockey sense, knowing when, when to make a move, when to make a pass, especially when trying to create some offense down low. Right. And uh, obviously with being creative, there's, um, there's going to be mistakes that happen, but it's also, you know, you're forcing that defending team to, react to something different you know if we go in the zone and we're just gonna cycle the puck three or four times in the corner and then you know we move it up to the d we go d to d shot well if we do that every time we're gonna be predictable and one it, it's not fun to play that way it's like get a little creative have some fun and um you know it keeps the the defending team on their, their toes too for sure and it goes yeah. back to what i think the when the last time i was on what we talked about like doing game situation drills and you know trying like just challenging your players in practice to, you know, putting pressure on them and having to make quick decisions and not, you know, not have the first quick decision be toe drag. (laughs) Right. Right. Something besides that. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the hockey IQ too. And we can kind of transition into practice here. It's like, you know, as a coach, you should, I mean, you have warm up drills where, you know, you're, you're all the dots and you're passing the puck and whatever, go in and shoot. But like, even those little drills, it's like, okay, flat pass, catch it soft hands don't stick handle try to you know one touch it back or something but when even if your coach hasn't expressed the reason for the drill or what you're trying to work on which they probably should if you're playing at a a high level um but like don't just go through the motions in practice like try to figure out when you're going to use this and if you don't know when you're going to use it like ask the coach but do everything in practice for a reason even if it hasn't been you know said to you uh, uh out loud a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just watching your teammates too, especially, um, you know, just learning from them. You can always learn from your teammates and see what they do right, what they do wrong. And, and you can always be applying new things to your game. Yeah. And I think, you know, with, with us down here, we only practice twice a week. And then if we don't play on the weekends, we, we have a practice. And it's like, you know, as long as a season is, you're talking, you know, two 50 minute practices during the week and your coach is trying to work on your, individual skill and put in some systems so you guys can play games you know together as a as a unit it's like you got to put some onus on yourself as a player to you know focus on those little details of well if I'm curling away from a defender like I come in the zone I protect the puck should I curl towards the wall or right into the defender it's like well you know probably going to curl towards the wall and then scan the ice and see things like that but you know again just everything has a reason for why we say it. And if you don't, if you're a player, you don't know why I have you curling towards the wall instead of into the defender, like ask it's uh, it's not, it's not bad to ask questions. 
And I, I love that you brought that up a few times. Like asking questions should never be a problem. Like players should never be afraid to ask questions. Obviously you want to make it the right question, but right. like asking questions as to like where this would apply in the game. How can I do this in the game? You know, I want to try this in the game. Like, would this work? Always ask questions. That's again, going back to just being a student of the game. Yeah. And then just another thing about, it's not necessarily hockey IQ, but you know, practice and doing things for a reason you know I'll do drills where it's um you know if we're doing stations and that way everybody's moving but if I'll do a drill out of a corner and then you know the kid goes through the the cones or whatnot and shoots on net you know you can tell they're not going full speed but as soon as I add a guy who leaves you know the corner two seconds after you and starts chasing you automatically they are faster by like five ten seconds it's like well why don't you (laughs) skate like that like you're competing against somebody every single time exactly yeah it's just yeah it's for everybody out there listening it's like if you're at practice it's not just you versus your teammate it's you versus the kid who's practicing in atlanta or you versus the kid who's practicing in chicago like you have to assume somebody is outworking you um on every rep but um i think we're getting a little just off track with the the topic we were going to speak to with the hockey iq and tryouts but it's all it all intertwines with you know what how you can improve and what you need to work on and um, you know, developing your game on and off the ice. So, um, so Jimmy, I think we, we touched on, you know, making the team, not making a team for tryouts, you know, what we can do to, to work on hockey IQ. And um, I just didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to, to add to either of those topics um, before we, we check out for today. I, you know, the biggest thing that I was going to say, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, I would say when, always make sure you're when you're talking to the coach afterward after tryouts whichever way and even during the season when you ask a coach a question on you know stuff that you should be working on it's so easy for a coach to say i work on your skating like or work on your shot like really challenge them and say what part of my skating is it my acceleration is it my agility is it my turns like for my shot is it you know how fast i'm getting the shot off is it my accuracy like exactly what know exactly what you want to work on because just saying, well, I got to work on my shot. There's 15 different things that we can do with your Mm -hmm. shot. Right. Same thing with, I mean, skating, my God, there's so much that you can do. So I would say like, that's one of the biggest things like players and and parents, when you're asking these questions, you know, it's again, not a problem. As long as you're not, you know, wording it the wrong way, but really asking them like, okay, what exactly? And any coach that, that makes decisions like that. I mean, at least I know for, for our tryouts and even for squirts, like I know exactly what is, you know, what is missing from a player as to why they made the team or they didn't make the team. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes back to training with, with an attention to detail and, and have it a purpose. It's like, you know, we have a, a couple coaches. Well, we have a coach who does like power skating and, well, you're, you're a hockey player. You should probably have a stick in your hand. You should probably doing like, you know, <laughs> but I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're there and you're trying to do hockey skating and get better at your hockey skating, maybe you should skate like a hockey player, not a figure skater. Yeah. Um, so just, um, again, training with intention, having what's what you're trying to improve on in mind. And you especially don't want to go to somebody who's kind of doing the blanket, uh, blanket training that, you know, you can hand to any kid and say, hey, look, this is how you're going to work on it. Like you should go to somebody who knows how you skate, know what you're trying to work on and have those drills set to improve on those certain 
aspects of your skating or, or stick handling or whatever it may be to improve your individual game. So just having that in mind. Um, Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, I uh, just want to say thank you again for coming on. I think these, uh, when you and I do them together, it's, it's also nice because I don't have to just talk to myself um, for 45 minutes, but um, <laughs> we, we, we have got some feedback about the, the shorter episodes and um, that they f- fit a little bit better for drives to school and stuff. So we'll try to keep this one um, under 30 minutes. And um, yeah, I hope everyone out there takes something away from this. And um, again, if you, you made your team, congratulations. And if you didn't, it's, you got to keep working at it and obviously have a good attitude and, you know, make sure turn on a playoff game, watch some hockey, learn from it. Um, it's good to be a fan, but you can also learn um, and add something to your craft just by watching the guys who get paid, you know, millions of dollars to do what, what you guys do on a, on a weekly basis. So um, again, Jimmy, just wanted to say thanks for coming on. No, perfectly said. I, uh, hopefully I can, uh, can start coming on more. Hopefully you keep asking me. I love it. I love talking hockey. It's we're lucky to do what we do. Yep, for sure. All right, man. Well, you have a great rest of your, uh, your day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys.